So Crisp, a tasty bite-sized podcast that serves business, bravery, branding, beauty, sex, love, motherhood, womanhood, feminism, labels, psychology, marketing, messaging, mavenry, musicals, and the mess we call life. All deliciously dished up and ready to consume. In fact, is there anything we don't discuss? Not with Jay Crisp Crow, copywriting queen from Crisp Copy in the kitchen. I hope you're hungry. This episode is brought to you by the Crisp Copy Class, part course, part community, all class. Join smart, funny, brilliant businesswoman and me, I'm in there too, and learn to write your own website and email copy with style. And today we are graced with the presence of hilarious human and all-round clever clogs, Bonnie Davies. <laughs> um, Bonnie, you might, if you saw a photo of Bonnie, you would probably recognise her and you would think, where have I seen that face before? And if you live in WA, you might be have seen her as the face of WA. Now, Bonnie, is there any possibility that you gave yourself that title? Oh, yeah. Um, well, famous Sharon gave herself that title. <laughs> I love that. I was talking about my husband last night and I was like, well, she is really famous. Sharon's really famous because she's the face of WA. And he's like, who, who, gave, who decided that she was? What? Was there like a vote or was it, is it like a government thing? Like did the... Did the city of Perth decide they need a face? And I was like, right, I'm pretty sure she decided that she would be the face of WA, which I kind of love. And then we spent 10 minutes deciding what we could possibly be represented for where, like, nobody had actually voted us in. Yeah. And so, yeah, we came, we came up with some pretty, we had some pretty good ideas. Yeah. So, like, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a valid, you know, way to decide that you should oh, have yeah. a position. It totally works because um, she decided she was the face of WA and then immediately a bunch of state agencies said, oh, good, we've been waiting for you <laughs> <laughs> and booked her for things. And um, she always says it's because no one else wanted the job. And in a way, everyone else moves to Sydney or Melbourne or Hollywood. So she yeah. got the job. Yeah. Well, there's always a gap. There's always, a, there's always a niche market. There's always a need for someone, I reckon. Mm. So I think you're... That's, I think Famous Sharon is obviously incredibly clever, but you are even more incredibly clever because you not only created you, Bonnie, but you also created <laughs> Famous I Sharon. Think my mum would argue that <laughs> she created me. Well, then you, but, had, yeah. you, know, you had some input along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so, yep. And you've also you created some other things, like you are not only the alter ego, fam- well, you not only have an alter ego as Famous Sharon, but you're also the founder and CEO of the Jello company. And lots of people don't know that about you. They, I guess they, I don't know what they think that you do with the rest of your time when you're not, um, when you're not putting Famous Sharon on a stage. Yeah I, yeah. I think they do think that she's real a lot of the time. And actually it hurts my soul to admit that she's not because <laughs> she feels oh. very real. I think she is real. Actually. She is real. She just yeah, she's in, real. A, in a, another dimension and just and kind of shifts across the interdimensional I don't really know anything about science fiction (laughs) but and actually I should say that she's not as famous as she thinks she is so if anyone out there doesn't know who she is it's oh no I'm just assuming that everyone does Uh, a lot of a lot of fans (laughs) do they're like I can't believe you don't know famous Sharon Um, but she's very famous for nothing at all that's her that's her shtick if I love that. anyone hasn't heard of her, yeah. Yeah. And the Jello company also has a very cute tagline, which I'm super jealous that I didn't write. Oh, really? Um, oh. Yeah, I like it. Are you That's not keeping nice. it? I keep it. Um, I love it. says, a company created to unboring things. I'm yes. like, oh, <laughs> yum. <laughs> Why didn't I write that? So tell us about um, the Jello company. Well, um, Jello comes from the word jealous, which means laughter. And 
we, well, I decided to stay in WA rather than move to the East Coast, but that meant I needed to create an infrastructure for me to exist as a comedian in WA because there's no <laughs> there one, wasn't one. <laughs> no agents to pitch to here uh, mm-hmm. that just deal with comedy. So we created the Jello Company and the rest is comedy history. So now, yeah, we probably one of the biggest comedy companies in definitely in WA and possibly Australia, one of the biggest ones. But I don't think many people would even know that because we just do so much stuff in the background. We've only just started promoting what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so what other cup what is what is you're just an expert in like seeing that there might possibly be a gap and filling it before anybody has a a chance to notice one i really love i do it's my flaw and my strengths uh, i think someone actually heard someone say about characters their flaws are just their strengths taken to extremes mm. and uh, i see opportunity in everything so when i was a teenager and i grew up in perth uh, people were always saying, I lived in Perth when people used to leave Perth in droves, which doesn't happen as much anymore. I think we're yeah. a bit more proud of who we are. But um, it was definitely like, oh, I just can't wait to move, can't wait to move, can't wait to move. I'm going to Melbourne, moving to Melbourne, moving to Melbourne. Um, and I just thought, wow, if everyone who moved to Melbourne stayed in Perth, we'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and also um, all that thing, all that stuff not happening means that if I do anything, I'm the person doing stuff. Like, that, like that's incredible that yeah. you could be the person that is making the things yeah and um rather than seeing nothing i just saw space to create stuff oh i love that i um went to opera probably um <clears throat> before you were born no, but sometime <laughs> before you, <laughs> you would have you know been allowed old enough to be allowed to own a production company yeah. um and it was the same like people came over here and one of the pros of uh WAPA then which um for anybody that lives on the other side of Australia it's the WA Academy Performing Arts one of the pros was and the way that it was kind of sold is oh yeah you have to come to Perth for three years but you're so far away from civilization that <laughs> you won't be tempted to you know go off and the big temptation was what if you got like a job in a show and you would have to choose between finishing your studies and actually performing oh, whatever you wanted to do that's yeah hilarious. so that like that was the big thing yeah you have to come you, yeah what if your dreams came true while you were at the uni <laughs> you're trying Ooh, to make that was dream? that was bad no you couldn't leave oh terrible things will happen if you're two and a half years in you've only got six months to go and, and you, get, you get a lead what's gonna happen but yeah it was literally everybody either came here or, or was from here with the and the end goal was always to get out mm-hmm. um yeah. so anyway i've done this completely but about today because normally i start this podcast with a favourite word, um, and I'm not, we're not even sticking to the script. I'm, ah, I'm doing a freestyle. I'm a gap I love and I'm it. Filling it with chat, <laughs> improvise. Yeah. Yep. So we normally start so crisp with a favourite word. What is your favourite word, Bonnie? Well, it's a little bit. That's a bit narcissistic. I realised because I chose my own word. I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes that kind of makes me. It makes me happy. I think I'm boring is a great word. And there is a there's a real psychology. We were talking about this the other day in the Chris Copy class about the psychology of making up words and how they slip past your your logical mind, who's like always at like ready to pounce on things where it's like, oh no, that can't possibly be true. If yeah. you, you make up something, it slips past people's um, people's logic and it and it sticks and it makes them. Unboring is a happy word. That's good. You can have that. Great. Yeah, no, I love it. I think it just occurred to me the other day because it's hard to describe because if we say we're a comedy company, people think we're just stand-up. If we say, like, we do so many things with comedy as a tool, but 
um, it's hard to put that into words. So we put it into a word, <laughs> which yes. is just unboring. I love it. So what are the kind of things that you unboring? Uh, oh, well, it sounds very boring when I talk about it, but conferences, um, awards yes, night. All the boring things. All the boring things. Like the other day, Sharon hosted a, a launch, a very big, important launch. And at those launches, everyone wants to do a speech. Mm-hmm. And the people organising it were like, what are we going to do? Everyone wants to do a speech. It's going to be boring. And <laughs> we said, well, we'll make it like the Ellen Show and Sharon can bring everyone on who's important and do a little panel chat. Oh my God. And it's dynamic and it's fun and it's quick and they all get to say what they want, but they all feel listened to as well. So, and it was amazing. It was, I, it exceeded expectations. Everyone had a really good time and all the people that came to really drink wine and have a great time at a <laughs> launch party didn't have to sit through half an hour of speeches. They just yeah, sat through awesome. 20 minutes of great conversation. Oh, that's very clever. You're very clever. And that's one of the reasons I really wanted to chat you up is because every single time I speak to you, whether it's during work or whether we just bump into you on the side of the road at (laughs) Fringe Festival and entertain you with Ella's netball parent story. (laughs) Oh, that was so good. (laughs) That was the highlight of her night. She was was like, that was the best fun I've had. I'm like, you can't do shows. She's like, I know, but we saw Bobby on the side of the road. I literally wrote that down as a bit. Yeah, that was hilarious. I think that was it. That's what made her day is when you whipped your phone out and you were like, let me write this down. Oh, I totally have. Yeah. But you're not really coaching the kids. You're coaching the parents to not yep. be idiots. That was yeah. the whole I was like, that's beautiful. But every single time I, I talk to you, I come away and I feel good about the world oh. <laughs> um, because you're hilarious, obviously. And, and I think one of the, like one of the things that like we were talking about today is that everybody knows the other you um, yeah. and not everybody knows that you are kind of this, this CEO of this huge company and that you do all these other yeah. really smart, clever things. Um, but also I love that you, <clears throat> that you like, I love the way you live to the very edges of yourself. And that might be like a little bit because I, when I think of you, I am always influenced by the fact that you have this other creature that sometimes dons your face and (laughs) goes out and be something a little bit like you. Um, But I just, I love the way that you are kind of open and you like I feel, I feel like every time I spend time with you that you're this sponge for great ideas and that you're always turning them into something brilliant and amazing and funny and something that will give back to people and make people feel like a lightness in their heart. Um, and so, yeah, I just love you. That's kind oh, of where that's... I'm going to. <laughs> Is that this entire podcast? Or just me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. It's just me raving about you. No, no. <laughs> that's, that's really lovely. That's really lovely. Do you I mean, feel that... that way about yourself? Do you, do you like, do you get up on a month in the morning and like be like, shit, I rock life for people? Um, yeah, I do. Like, I actually do really love my life and I like who I am most of the time. There's definitely days where I wake up and I'm like, duh, <laughs> this is not how I wanted to do this. Um, but usually it's because past Bonnie has made an emotional decision that is that she's rationalised that actually isn't rational or useful mm-hmm. and I'm paying for it. Future Bonnie's paying for it. And, yes. Um, so I try to crack things open and be honest with myself. And, and I'm very, I'm a flawed person. I'm not perfect and that's okay. I think we're all flawed. And so I think the faster and quicker we just come to recognize what our flaws are and try and deal with them. Like we actually can be happy. We can have great lives and my life is amazing right now. I feel like I'm in a 
um, I've been working really hard for a long time and things are really starting to pay off. Mm. But I still have to keep my eye on things and I still have bad days. And, I, you know, that thing about my greatest, um, I think one of the assets I have is that I can see opportunity in everything. So I'm quite op- optimistic and excited about things and I can see potential in people and places. But also that's my downfall and that I see opportunity in everything <laughs> and people <laughs> and places. And so, you know, I can invest a lot of myself in other things because I'm so excited about what they could be. Yeah. And I have to constantly pull myself back and remind myself to invest the same in me. Yes. It's not always that. Yeah. yeah. And I think this other thing to remember is that criminals do that as well. Like criminals. See opportunity. opportunity everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, it's, there's, always a, there's always a perfectly balanced <laughs> other side to, to um, flaws and kind of the, the things that are character that are fantastic. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, want... I do feel good about myself and I think Sharon is actually teaching me to feel, uh-huh. um, oh, what was it? I used a word with one of my staff the other day, uh, unapologetically joyful, like yeah. to stop feeling embarrassed about being happy or successful or just great at stuff. Like I'm, I've always, I'm always learning. So I'm very conscious of the things that I that I, or that, that I don't know what I don't know. So I'm always really open to new ideas and realizations because a realization will shift the way that you understand the world. And that's really impactful. I think it, a realization is almost more powerful than a lesson learned because you actually just don't see the world the same anymore. And, yeah. and, um, but yeah, so, you know, I'm always kind of hungry for that stuff, but also celebrate how far I've come rather than just be looking at all the things I need to learn. I love that she's that she's taught you that, and I think that's the thing. One, of, it's probably one of the reasons that we love her, mm. is that it gives. She just gives everybody the permission to 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 soak up some of that celebration of stuff totally. of life. Like it doesn't have to be big things, and I think yeah. that's one of the biggest. I think that's probably one of the biggest joys that my business has brought to me is that I like you know when you're on the kind of corporate when you have a job then there's only so far that you can get. And when you create a business for yourself, then there becomes no rule book really. Mm. I mean, you know, you can pick up other people's ideas about how things should work, but the, there is no ceiling until you hit one that you've probably put there. Yeah. Um, Well, actually on that, like I think something that a power that Sharon has is one of the things is that you can't, you can't be more stupid than her. Like she'll always be more stupid, which means that you can be stupid and it doesn't matter because she will ask the stupid questions and she will put herself out there and not, and be stupider. So you're, you're safe. Um, and you can't celebrate yourself more than her. Like she literally puts her face on everything. She's her line is like, I'm like a real estate agent. I've got to put my face on everything. Like she has it on her own, butt. like you can't celebrate yourself more than she celebrates herself. So if you next to her say, you know what? I'm pretty amazing. Yeah. You, you don't feel that stupid because she's like, I'm my number one fan. Like we, yeah. So, I, so, I love her. Yeah. I just love her. I, I feel like we all could do with a bit of famous Sharon. And, you know, over the last couple of years where the, my business has grown, the, the really the only flack that I've copped besides what I charge is um, for the fact that I celebrate myself. Yeah. And it's always been from other women. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's one of the things that I'm most proud of because it is the most, I think it's one of the hardest things to do. And I just think we should just 
soak up and infuse other people with that permission to be, you pat yourself on the back just for a little moment. Um, oh, yeah, the lows are coming. Like the yeah, yeah. Are right around the corner. I think it's a very Australian thing too because I think oh, Americans sure. are very good at celebrating. I mean, that's a pretty well-known thing. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it is an interesting because you don't want to be arrogant either. So there's that balance of taking it too far where yeah. all you think is about yourself. But I think yeah. what an antidote to that is celebrating other people. And I think that's something that Sharon does a lot does, as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. So do you, um, <clears throat> when you, when you walk down the street as Bonnie down this Northbridge with at fringe world and you've got your cute dress on and you're about to bump into Jay and Ella, like, <laughs> and you're like rocking life. Um, do you have, like, is there a theme song that plays in your head when you've got the strut on and you're like, good God, my life is incredible and I've done it. Is there music playing in your head or is that just me? <laughs> I think that's just you, but I love oh, that. <laughs> no, you, you don't hear a beat. Is there, is there not the heartbeat? Okay. All right. You know, I'm not very musically minded though, but I do feel like I'm in a movie sometimes, you know. Like I think <gasps> do you? Yeah, when you when when I'm very mindful and I'm noticing things around me and I just feel like oh this is my this is my life. I think when I was younger too, I used to watch soap operas and TV shows temporarily, and then I thought why would I watch this on TV if I could make this my life instead? And then I've always kind of lived that way of like why would I watch other people do this if I could be in it? And so sometimes when I'm doing things, I'm like I'm in it. I'm doing this like this is my life. This is your awesome. whole life is like a documentary of your life. Yeah, why not? And I'm watching it. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. All right. Well, so I have a musical thing. You see yourself through a lens. That's okay. Yeah. Well, and also, I'm not very good at music. Like, I can't remember lyrics, and I'm very bad. No. Yeah, no, very bad. I was a music student at Perth Mod actually, and I was terrible. Oh wow! Yeah, I was a terrible student. But oh I mean, my god, I we found something you can't do. Oh, definitely. But do you know what? I can try. I can try. That's <laughs> <laughs> not going to stop Sharon releasing pop songs. Like she's okay. still going to do that. But um, yeah, I know it's much hard. It's it's a lot more work for me to reach base level that other people have in that realm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's okay. Because, you know, for the rest of us, then sometimes like when I was talking to you about you last night <clears throat> with my husband on the front porch and um, he was like, how old is she? And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know if that's still not an appropriate question to ask like a young, beautiful woman. But in any case, I feel lazy when I look at your resume. I uh, just feel like I should be, what? I should be doing more. Why don't I have a company? There's, oh. um, there's something that I've missed here and it's probably having three children. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it took up some time. Um, but you, I, th- I feel like you've, your, your resume is just enormous. Like you could just weigh it and be, and be a little bit like, yeah, give her the job because she's done all the things. But you said um, before we had this chat that you haven't gone down kind of a, there's no you haven't done a traditional kind of pathway for comedy with you and famous Sharon. Um, So how did you kind of, did you decide to do it not traditionally or are you just a natural trend bucker? Um, I think I've accidentally always been a bit of a trend bucker just partly because I see opportunities and I grab them with both hands. And then I think people recognize that and give you a leg up quite quickly. So 
when I first left school, I didn't go to, I've never been to uni <laughs> because I've been too busy getting jobs in the industry <laughs> I wanted to work in anyway. And um, I got offered a job straight out of school with the Awesome Festival and everyone who'd been in that job before then had had a Whopper degree. So I was kind of used to taking risks and just jumping off. And, and also, you know, that felt really, it was mixed that opportunity because all my friends were in uni having an amazing time or mm -hmm. meeting new people and, and they were doing things that people understood. Mm -hmm. um, whereas I was working and I don't think, you know, my mum always wanted me to go to uni and I don't think everyone really understood what I was getting out of that job, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. So I had to feel a bit inadequate and a bit shit at times by taking a different path. But ultimately it put me in a position where I had heaps of experience by the time I was 21 and got to work in the UK and do all this amazing work with incredible companies. And I, I realized it was just a matter of going, hey, can I do that? And sometimes people would say yes, or wow. they'd say no. And I'd say, well, can I do it by myself <laughs> and get other people <laughs> to do it with me? And when I was 15, we created Square One, a little arts magazine, because there were no little magazines. I used to go to other cities like Melbourne and they'd have little tiny cute Mm -hmm. you know zines and things and I was like why do we have that okay I'll make it and so by the time I got to comedy I'd been working in festivals um and I'm 34 by the way I'm older than people think I think people think I'm 28 29 it's because you're so darn cute <laughs> I just have I think people are seeming younger all the time I meet 70 year olds that don't look a day over 50 these days I think we're <laughs> the way we're living is different and um, it's exciting. But, yeah, I like, so by the time I got to um, the comedy world, I'd already, I already had a career in festivals and events and I really loved that career. I had to give it up for comedy mm -hmm. because I couldn't tell the artists I was producing and working with to risk it and to go for it if I'd suddenly found this thing that set me on fire and I didn't go for it myself. Yeah. So, um, but when I entered the comedy world, I, I didn't enter it with, I didn't call myself a comedian for a couple of years. Like I just said, I do comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I, you know, I, I really respect stand-up in particular is a very, like it's a very, um, I, and I wouldn't say that Sharon is an amazing stand-up. I mean, she kills it. She has a great time. She's very entertaining. Um, but when I think of stand-ups, I think of the greats, like really brilliant. You know, they, they, they perform all the time. She's an entertainer, so she can do a lot more than they can off stage and in a whole lot of other realms. But I, I really respect that that art form. So that's why I didn't call myself a comedian straight away. But um, yeah, when I when I entered that world, I just saw everyone travelling down the same path, which was get good, do a festival show at Melbourne, um, or sometimes not even get good. <laughs> <do a festival. laughs> And if you can't do if you can't do step one very well, skip to step two. So oh, you'd be surprised how many steps people go through with like no concept of how crap they are, um, but, which always like terrifies me because I'm like, what if I'm not what if I'm crap? crap? Yes. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. Don't ever think that for too long. Yeah, and actually, the 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 answer is you are crap, and that's beautiful. <laughs> Work through it, get better, like yeah. always. But anyway, um. Uh, yeah, so that you do raw comedy, you might get into Comedy Zone, you definitely do a comedy festival show, then you move to Melbourne, you get an agent and you get a job in radio or TV. They're the, that's the kind right. of traditional pathway. And um, I saw that that pathway was very crowded mm -hmm. and everyone was doing it. So that meant 
there'd be 10 jobs in radio or TV and there'd be 50 or 60 people that were absolutely talented enough to do them. Mm. Um, so that just meant that people, it wasn't, I was like, well, that's insanity. <laughs> like yeah. I might not be yeah. one of the 10 yeah. and I don't even know if that's what I really want anyway because that's just the path that everyone is telling me I should do. So was so, there a point where you kind of went, this is it, like this is proof that I've made the right decision by, by not swimming with the salmon? Oh, I still question it from time to time because I know, you know, even with famous Sharon, for example, I know if she was based in Melbourne or Sydney, she'd probably be on TV a lot more now. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, heap, there's a heap of opportunities that I'm not getting just by not knowing people. You know, like people don't know me in the, the opportunities that my colleagues that love me here that can give me are, are very different to the opportunities that a colleague on, you know, the project or someone could give me if they loved me. Yeah. So I am missing out on some things, but I have a longer range plan that means it'll be fine. Like, okay. um, and I'm making good money from Sharon here. She's really loved by WA. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately it's a, it's kind of a longer road, but in a way I'm going to, get really funny, really talented here by the time she hits Hollywood, which is the plan, Perth, Sydney, Ellen's couch is the goal, then, <laughs> then she'll be fire and um, Sydney and Melbourne will know her already because we're taking her over there regularly, you know, or, or, or we're, we're building networks over there. But ultimately my goal is to make her bigger than Australia anyway. So <laughs> I move her to... Move her to Hollywood is where she'll go because that makes sense to her. Yeah. But, yeah, so but it also means that I do, you know, you do get, you do miss out on things being in WA, being isolated from, you know, the communities of TV, but also you can be funny anywhere. And, again, rather than seeing that as um, a negative, I see it as an opportunity to develop what I want to do with her and actually beautifully <laughs> um, content is king now. So, if Sharon gets really good at developing content, then she can write her own rule book on yeah. what shows she goes on and, and almost TV and radio will beg for her to be on those things because she's an asset, because she's yeah. a great content creator. So, yeah, and I'm, and I'm lucky that that world is opening up for me here, but there would have been other opportunities open up as well. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Good plans, Dan. So do you think, how do you think that you and Famous Sharon are similar? Like which, which bits of you um, kind of dribble across to the feather boas and the mm. loud it's, stories and the hilarity? It's very good question because I'm actually, I'm, doing, I'm about to do a heap of character work on her in the next six months um, and just really break this apart because I, I realised uh, when I was doing some character, there's a lot of character work that goes underneath her to create very tiny moments that people wouldn't realise. But if her intentions are really clear, it means that all her decisions in the moment are really easy and, and she's much funnier and faster. Um, uh, and so the thing, it terrified me when I started digging into that because then I realised how similar we were. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so Sharon kind of gets like personal development from Bonnie. Like you go through it like a... Like oh, yeah. life absolutely. coaching. Yeah. Wow. So, like, so we both love people and attention. We both have red hair and we both love laughing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're, they're very similar things. I have to, yeah, I have to start breaking her down a little bit more and figuring out 
what her flaws are and her vulnerabilities are because I've been a little bit hesitant to give her any because I don't want to get it wrong. But yeah, um, once she starts developing those, people will connect to her even more on a much deeper level, I think. So, yeah. Because yeah, initially she started as a talent agent. So, like... You know, I didn't know that. Yeah, the first cre- I created her by accident. I got into comedy by accident and I created Faber Sharon by accident. I wanted to be an actor when I was a kid. And then I heard about how many hours you have to do at Whopper. I was like, you've got to do 80 hours at Whopper. And I was like, I just can't commit to that because I've been like, my life that in your like work. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I just thought I'd want to do other things than just acting 80 hours a week. So well, I guess I can't be an actor then because I'd never want to be a shit actor. So I, <laughs> I gave up my dreams in year 10. But it's kind of interesting because I've come back to comedy where mm-hmm. you are acting and creating and performing, but you also have to really be connected to the world around you because that's where the material comes from. Comes from, yeah. It's, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm really glad that I took that roundabout way. But also <laughs> it's funny that I've come back to the start where I was yeah. like, want to be an actor <laughs> oh and that's that's yeah. my life uh yeah. I'm, I'm no you never make it what's your pl- you know all the things that they tell you at at school I mean I had a family that that supported me going to Whopper um but I still always got that what's your plan b because you know you can't if you're not going to be a writer and if you don't want to be because I got most of the way through my degree and realized that I didn't want to be I wanted to be a musical theater star I didn't want to put in the amount of commitment yeah. that would take away from regular life to do it. And I didn't want to, there seemed to be very similar to you. There seemed to be a path that everybody was going down where you had to, if you didn't get a job straight out, you had to go on a cruise ship. Mm. And there was just, there were these things that you did instead of the real thing that you wanted to do. And I was just like, I don't want to do any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so and then I accidentally had a baby and then just buggered the whole plan up anyway. <clears throat> but all of those stories that I heard, growing up was, well, you can't just be a writer and you can't just be a musical theatre performer. You have to have a plan B. You have to have a solid something to fall back on. Um, And so now, and when, oh, my goodness, when I quit my job in education, I thought my mother was going to have some kind of terrible aneurysm. She was so distressed. Mm. Um, And now to kind of go, I write every day and people pay me lots of money. And she's still like, I don't get it. (laughs) I'm proud of you. I knew you could do it. I think I still don't understand how this happened. (laughs) Um, So do you think, so one of the questions I really wanted to ask you is, do you still, it's been a long time for me since I was in um, musical theatre land, but I know even from the selection from the first day that we were selected at Whopper where there were nine boys and nine girls and those nine girls were infinitely crazy talented and some of the boys you were like yeah you're cute and you can sing but what else you got um there's a there was a there was a real there not with all of them but with some of the people that came along there was a mismatch in the things that you were expected to be able to do as a girl which was everything by the way triple threats all the time um do you feel like comedy embraces women as much as, or is it still a man's playing field? Um, I think by default it's still a man's playing field because there's just so many men in it. But I think that's definitely changing. And I have to say when I started comedy, I came in at a pretty beautiful time where I never felt discriminated against or, um, which like is rare. 
Um, but Perth's comedy scene was just in a really beautiful place at that time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's going through a bit of a renaissance now, actually. There's a really great community around and just great people. A lot of people keep winning. We have this, I'm going to swear, so you might need to beat this, but in the comedy industry they have a Fuck Off to Melbourne award. Mm-hmm. And I think the last five people that have won it haven't fucked off, which is oh, huge. Nice. Like that's, there's something changing and it's pretty cool. Even though people still will, there's a definite shift. Like there used to be just an exodus of people every couple of years and I would just lose all my friends. Um, <laughs> but um, that, you know, now that doesn't happen in the same way. What was I talking about? What were we talking about? The, the, oh, the, the women's stuff. Yeah, yeah, the women's stuff. Yeah, um, but <laughs> I've definitely stuff. experienced... <laughs> I've definitely experienced um, sexism and some, I mean, it first happened to me in Sydney when I was in Open Micah and um, just, you know, coming off stage at an Open Mic night, killing it because that's what you're meant to do. You're meant to kill with five minutes and just kill it and all the guys got up and no one killed it as much as me and and I was really proud of myself. I was like, yes, I've done it because, you know, this is what you do. You go to Sydney to, to show you can be funny. And all you can be is undeniably funny, consistently funny, consistently funny. A lot mm. of people are funny. A lot of people are consistent, but you've got to be consistently funny. And all I was like, yeah. cool, I've, I've done it. One gig down, I killed it. And I came off stage and the guy who ran the whole club, who owned everything, just said, well, you've got enormous tits. Um, <gasps> like, yeah, I think he wow. said boobs or t- it was some. I can't remember the exact word, but it was just about my boobs. And I didn't know what to say. And I felt really disappointed that I'd just done a good job and this is all that I was getting. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know how to react to that. I never experienced that in Perth ever. Um, there's, definitely, there's definitely some, you know, terrible stuff that goes down in, in all places. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like I, yeah, anyway. And but it, do, it does, you know, if, you're, if the guys that are running the places are like that, then that's, inevitable but this scene is really shifting and there's amazing people around and amazing men lifting women up and women lifting women up and everyone lifting each other up which I think is they're the people I choose to hang out with yeah sure and outside the world of comedy outside your um talent super talented funny consistent mates do you think that being well famous Sharon separate to you do you feel like being loud in the world where there's still a little bit of an expectation that we are, we're not tall poppies or that we can be um, loud and out there if we are drop dead gorgeous. Um, otherwise, you know, you should temper it a little bit. Do you, do you ever feel uh, like that? Yeah, I think we get, I think we get told in different ways to temper it all the time. I think most, the pers- the people that mostly tell us to temper it are ourselves <laughs> constantly probably we preempt other people saying it and yeah. tone ourselves down, down. constantly yeah. so um yeah and I think that's partly why Sharon's funny to people is because she never does that she like when people up. yeah she turns yeah. up when people say oh my gosh you're so you're so glamorous she's like I know you're so funny I know <laughs> like and they just her saying I know cracks them up yeah because that's just you don't say you that. don't expect that like, you, Never yeah. accept a compliment. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's lovely. So how do you think, if anyone's listening to this and they're like, I'd like a, I'd like a little bit more famous Sharon inside <laughs> me, 
how do you reckon that that women can find those like little little flames of fame of Sharon and fan them a bit so that they can they can tone themselves up rather than yeah. down? I um I did think about this one because I was like, oh, that's a good question. And I, actually, I have three quotes that she says, and then practical things that I think connect to that. Oh my god, you're um, perfectly prepared. I'm so. <laughs> Well, actually, that's how I work with Sharon. I prepare as much as I can and then you yep. improvise the rest. Like, yes. Yeah. I actually used to have um, my mantra last year was trust the Shaz and then someone else added trust the Bonnie. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, I guess I'm part of it. Yeah. But, um, okay. Uh, so one is be the fame you want to see in the world. So that's one of her sayings. I have that on a bag that oh. I bought at your shop and it hangs in my room. Because I think it just perfectly encapsulates everything that I've decided to do. It just speaks to me. I don't care how many other people it speaks to. I feel like you know (laughs) that for me. (laughs) Well, you, I think you're fantastic. I love, I adore you and I am so excited anytime I get to work or speak or meet you. So like, yeah. And I love that, that we can reflect that back at each other and just bloody enjoy it and embrace Mm -hmm. it. And um, anyway, the, so part of that is like fill the gap you know like be the fame you want to see in the world if you're like well there should be more of this or there should be more of that and like okay then how are you doing that like Mm. how are you embodying that in your everyday I won't go I mean I could go on for days about all this stuff I love her philosophies um the other one is the world is your catwalk so I think often we feel like we have to be somewhere else whether that's skills wise location wise financially wise whatever but actually the world's your catwalk right now so straight your stuff like wherever you are right now start where you are um because then you'll at least you'll get started. This yes! is missing. <laughs> you don't have internal theme music. You're like, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. I love that you live in a world of music. It's amazing. Yep. It's so nice. I always have a theme song going on. Yeah. I, I do. I have to feed off other people's musical tastes because I, that's why I dated a DJ for so long. It's like, please tell me what I should love. I, love. I know when it's crap, but I don't know how to find the good stuff. Um, and then the other thing is be, put yourself into your selfie, which is about being undeniably you. So, um, you know, your differences are your strengths. The things that make you up uh, are so unique because of just the way they've all come together, the lessons you've learned, the lessons you relearn, the people you know, the choices you make, you're you. And you know what? No one else can live your life for you. So put yourself into your selfie, you be you. And and start with that because I think often we try to be so many other things except ourselves. And the biggest shifts that people have are when they just say, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm enough to start with. I'm enough. And I think, you know, Sharon is a little bit radical in that she's like, you know what, I'm more than enough. More than this whole time you've been telling yeah. me I'm not talented enough, I'm not famous enough, I'm none of these things, and I've decided I'm more than enough. I'm, yeah. I'm amazing. She's Sharon. Yep. And we love her and we love you. And so <laughs> I think before we wrap up, no, no, I have to um, tell us about what's so crisp in your life right now. Like what is, what's floating your boat? What's the best thing about being Bonnie in the world? Um, I think my apartment, I've never, oh, really? yeah, like I, I'm very social. I love people and I love, I get a lot of energy from being around people, but I also get quite exhausted. And then I've never really mastered self-care and Sharon has, I have to look after myself now. Otherwise Sharon suffers. Like yeah. I could always, 
I could turn up half-masked and push through and work all hours of the evening to get stuff done. But Sharon can't. Like, mm. Sharon has to be on point. Oh, Donkey Kong, yep. Yeah, I, and I have to rest before I do a gig with her. I have to give myself time out. Like, I used to work up until 6 p.m., and then get shazzed and then go straight to a seven o'clock gig. That's mm. nuts. Like, and that's nuts anyway. But Sharon started to suffer when she started getting a lot busier. And um, so I had to, she, someone actually said, oh, do you think, you know, maybe she's, she, she could have ruined you. And I was like, wow, you don't know me at all. <laughs> like, you do not know how much she's helped me. <laughs> she's, not, she's not this kind of, I think they were, that said, heaps more about them than it said mm. about me because they were feeling like I didn't spend time with them anymore and that was partly because they're a very negative person which is reflected in their statement but um yeah I was like actually she's taught me to self-care and my apartment is somewhere I spend time now where I think I used to always home was a pit stop on the way to the next place next. and so I feel like um yeah having this great beautiful apartment that's not expensive or fancy by any means but it's just me and it's mine and I love that it feels really good yeah so this has been so Chris my special tasty guest has been Bonnie from Jello and famous Sharon Bonnie writes performs and creates for companies so that they can be unboring and connect with audiences you may have noticed this is not a regular nuts and bolts podcast about business and marketing and da, 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 da. we are looking for crisp and unboring new ways to discuss wordy elements so if you have a suggestion drop me a line usually I do may your day be crisper sign off but Bonnie is funny royalty so she gets to do it take it away Bonnie may your day be crisper than the taste of soy cheese because it's like eating sadness Ew. <laughs> <Is> that... <laughs> okay. I think we've... <laughs> Did I do that again? <laughs> no, I loved it. I just we missed something in the, in the translation. Never mind. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's like supposed to be like the crisper than the, than the crunchy bits on the outside of a honey log roll thing. Or like, yeah. uh, may your day be... Oh. Yeah, then like it's like something a good, that the is Chris. Chris. Don't go back to the Chris negative. All right, man. Well, you said this brand, Bonnie. You said soggy. You said soggy sandwich or something in yours. So I was oh, like, yeah, oh. I had because you know you were because you don't yeah because you don't have a six year old that leaves their sandwiches in their school bag. Oh, At some point, crispy. they go hard. Right. Yeah. Oh yep. my gosh, I totally missed that. That's right. Well, you can do your own. That's brilliant. No, I'm leaving it like this. Let's just celebrate the sog. Well, do you know what? Um, don't they say happiness is linked to expectation? So if your expectation is crisper than soy cheese, then you are going to nail it. Like, oh, That's right. You're going to be so happy with yourself. Everything's yeah. up from the eating sadness. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God, I love it. Okay, we're out. We're good. We're done. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to So Crisp with copywriter, copy coach and consultant Jay Crisp Crow. If you've loved this episode, get all the juicy details and links at crispcopy.com.au forward slash podcast. Make sure you never miss a bite by subscribing to So Crisp wherever you get your podcasts. Want to help us spread the deliciousness? Rate and review this show and share with your mates. Remember, if there's a copy question you want nibbled at, email me straight away right now.